0: To be here with you guys um, this afternoon. I love Jonathan Frizz. I'm not sure how much he loves me, giving me an after lunch crowd. <laughs> you should feel the same way, Liz. Praise the Lord. I'm really honored to be here today with such amazing men and women of God. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I really want to honor Rick um, McKinnis. He's an apostolic figure over Connecticut. And I just honor him. I love him. He inspires me. Amen. And uh, Gaylord, it's so good to see you and your lovely wife, Uh, Fred, honestly, it's an honor to see you here because uh, you have a big part of what's happened in my life, and I'll cover that in a minute. You had no idea, right? Isn't that that great? You had no idea. And Matt, it's good to see you and and Adam, and I can go on, but man, I'm excited to be here. I just want to talk to you for a few moments on what's happening in in Bridgeport with 10 Days in the previous years. And what we have coming up this year, I feel like the Lord has laid down a gauntlet for me again. And I'm really, really excited about it. And um, so I just want to pray real quick, and and we'll get right into it. Amen? Amen. We just bow our heads. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come. Uh, Apart from you, Lewis has nothing to say. Apart from you, um, I'm I'm just a man. But with you, Father God, uh, you've done amazing things. And so I just ask you now to clarify my heart and my thoughts uh, as I just... Cast this vision of, of what I'm doing and, and just what you've already done uh, in, in Bridgeport through 10 days. And so I ask you, God, to just inspire our hearts in these next few moments. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It, it was a little over two years ago. So I, I'll cover the brief synopsis of how I came in contact with this. But a little over two years ago where I got an email from um, from Rick's church, at Rick's group, Impact Connecticut, uh, about... This meeting happening, and they were talking about something about prayer, and and this is this is me eight years into ministry. A uh, church was growing uh, outside of my my walls. We had gone mobile uh, in in my city. We have a big church of four hundred. Th- to them, that's really big in our context in our area, and we we were seeing God do just the most amazing things. But if and I I'll never forget driving into Wellspring Church in 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 Berlin, Connecticut, in that Kensington area, and seeing. Their motto that says something to the extent of, "we our, our mission is to be a wellspring of life for all people. And I just remember just driving by that as I entered the church and thinking to myself, man, do I need a drink right now from a well. <laughs> With all of my heart, I said to myself, man, don't I, I really need God. Because I was eight years in, I was seeing all ministry success, but my inner man was so dry and so... I was dying as a pastor, and I was ready to hang it all up. And I had everything that everybody wanted. And I would tell people like how I felt. They wouldn't understand it because, like, well, Lewis, you have the most members in the city. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you don't get it. There was something else that was missing. What I was later to find out was that I had gotten my ministry to a place where prayer got me, but only more prayer could sustain me. But I had abandoned prayer in 2015. Um, these two crazy people came into my church, Gabriel Beam and Father Layton, and I say that respectfully, and they cast this big vision, and they said, in seven weeks, we want to have Luis Palau. They had just got to Bridgeport. These people had never been in Bridgeport before. They said, we want to have Luis Palau come And I think it was seven weeks, and I'm just like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And it was like four the pastors there. And they're like, we're going to need more pastors. And I'm like, all right, we'll get more pastors. And we started gathering pastors. And within a few weeks, we had 100 to 120 pastors and leaders in the city just uh, trying to push for this vision. And just a few months later, uh, weeks later rather, seven weeks later, we packed out about 7,000 people into our stadium. And we saw God move in Bridgeport. And, and, and it was because of that, Fred, that really galvanized just some support among pastors in that area. And that's why I say you, you played a pivotal role in that for me. And so on the heels of that comes 10 days. And I I remember just hearing Jonathan cast this vision. And it really just spoke to my heart. And the Lord immediately said to me, Lewis, I, I want you to do that. And I'm like, 10 days praying? I'm like, you know, I can use some prayer. Like, who's going to say no to prayer? This is perfect. I mean... This is going to be great. And so I go back and I, I cast a vision to my own leaders and they buy into it. And I, 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 I just send out a clarion call to my fellow pastors in Bridgeport. And in the course of two weeks, we had one meeting with 75 pastors showed up. And I had invited Jonathan come to come to Bridgeport to cast a vision. And, and they were so excited about it and I was so excited about it that they left. And, and, and the next day I called Jonathan, can you come back next Monday? <laughs> And he's like, why not? I'll come back the next week. And so we had another meeting and 80 plus pastors showed up and we just saw God begin to just do something supernatural. And through so many different circumstances, we had a tent given to us for these 10 days of prayer, put it in in a neutral location in the main area of the city. And throughout the different nights, about 6,000 people came out for 24 hour, 10 day straight prayer. People were being baptized for the third night. We were seeing salvations. We were seeing the drunks come in. We were seeing people just come off the highway because they heard about it. And I'm just like, oh, this is really good.
1: <laughs>
0: but, but the thing about prayer is that the only thing that prayer will do is, is make you want more of God. Yes. It will really push you because... You just will see that God wants more from you and there's so much more to be had of God. I can go down to the beach and I can take my bucket and I can fill my bucket with water from the ocean, but it does not mean that I've harnessed the ocean. I've just filled my bucket. And that's kind of like how God is. That Sometimes we fill our buckets and we get to the idea that we're full of God, but there's so much more of him out there to explore. I'll never forget that day in Rich Church. I had a second Chronicle 16:9 moment where the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro and through the earth. Looking for a man whose heart I can show myself strong through, whose heart is towards me. And I was just like, God, yeah, I'll, I'll be that guy for Bridgeport then. I'll do that. And we saw God move, and all it did was leave me desperate. From what I remember calling John, I was so mad at you. <laughs> he knows you. I was, I was so upset. Like John, well, we're the revival like no seriously where's the, where's the miracles the signs the wonders where's, like the salvation is good that's, that's just totally great like thank God 50 people got saved and thousands came to pray and that's great but where's the revival he was like yeah yeah man yeah <laughs> yeah man like, no John, where is the revival I was so frustrated and after that all it did was it pushed me to pray more and in January my church itself had 21 days of prayer and it was during one of those days I came in contact with a, a ministry that, that was world-renowned that I had never heard of. And I, I, I bought some of their curriculum. And within a few weeks of instituting this curriculum, we began to see healings in our church like never before. We just celebrated a couple of weeks ago. A, a, one of the brothers in the church, one of my worship leaders, he was found to have, he fell off of a ladder at work, went to the hospital to said, Hey, you, by the way, you got blood clots. We got to check that out. Turns out he has, he had Hodgkin's lymphoma, a cancer of the blood. And it had spread from right here all the way up. And we, we laid hands on him. We prayed over him. And he went back to the doctor's cancer. It was completely gone. Doctors baffled. We're not baffled. We understood what happened. We began to see like miracles, signs, wonders. We saw this little girl with a tumor. Uh, she had fallen and broken her hip. And they took a, um, an x-ray. And she had a tumor next to her hip. It was causing extra pain. She couldn't heal because of it. We pr- laid hands on her. The next, next week she went back for her scans. Completely gone. Sarcadosis being healed in the church. Just, just we're seeing stuff happen. So I'm like, well, I'm going to train 100 people before the next 10 days. I got to about 75. Activating people and just healing, not just from my church, but from other churches. It's not just about me, right? And so I'm there, I'm moving, and we're seeing God move. And the next 10 days, I was like, you know what? We're going to do 10 days of prayer. Because to me, it's called 10 days, not 10 nights. No, amen. no amen. amen. It's 10 days. And, and I, this time around, last time I allowed pastors, I let them slide coming for a couple of days. Yeah, but this last 2017, I aimed, I aimed more strategically at full-time ministry leaders. I wasn't discounting our bible brothers. I was just saying, I know that you have a different level of bind you can give to this. And I held them accountable. And I said, I need you there all 10 days. I need you to take shifts. I need you to do this and do that. But what, what the Lord really guided me to do was he asked me to do twenty four ten worship. And, and my church is known for our worship ministry, but I know we didn't have enough resources to pull that off by ourselves. And so I decided to have a cookout in my backyard. I have a pretty decent sized backyard and I built a fire pit with my own two hands, a big one. And I was like, you know, we're going to have fun then. If we're going to do this. And so I invited 11 worship leaders to my house. Six at that time were from my church. Yeah. And five other churches were there, and I said, hey guys, I just, what did you guys think of the last ten days? Oh, it was amazing, it was great, it was this, it was that. They were raving about it. And I just began to cast this vision. In fact, the Lord wants to do a few days, a few days, <laughs> or two maybe, of 24-hour worship. And I looked at the oldest guy over there, I said to him, I'm just joking, like, what do you think, Moses? He says, I think I'll take 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. I was like, no. Praise God. That's not what I meant, but I'll take the, We have our first slot signed up
1: for.
0: And I was like, you can do that for one night or two nights? He was like, I'll do three nights.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. The first three nights. He yeah, had the first three nights. And and, and by, by the end of it, we had about four of those cookouts in my backyard. They were worshiping together. They would just go, go, go start. I was new to the neighborhood. They would just start singing, on, on, you know, with the guitars. And we had a whole sound system set up. I thought my neighbors would hate me. Instead, they were walking up the driveway, crying, tears in their faces, the presence of God in the neighborhood. People driving around the neighborhood. I kid you not, looking for where the music was at, just pulling up, sitting out front. We would see another, just come on, just come up here. We had a healing tent by the last time. By the end of it, we had nearly sixty worship leaders in my backyard from across the city, just worshiping together. In addition to all the pastors we were gathering, we were galvanizing worship leaders, and we accomplished 24-10 worship. We, we, we saw God move. On the third night, I'll never forget, we're getting ready for baptisms, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the video control room, and, and there's a glass. The service is happening on the other side of the glass, and I'm with one of my assistants who we trained in healing, and a guy walks by with a walker, and the other guy's name is Lewis too. I said, Lou, you know the rules. You can't let anybody walk by you who's sick. You were activated in healing. You have to go pray for him. And so I sent him off, and I'm watching the video cameras. We're getting ready for to start calling the shots on baptisms, and I had a strategic mindset that I wanted to do it a certain way. He comes to me. He's like, Pastor, you got to come over here. And I'm like, hold on. He's like, no, you got to come now. He's crying. I'm like, oh, did he get healed? He's like, he got healed. I'm like, you're kidding, right? You, you know how that works. I like, are you really healed? And the guy had just had a back surgery a couple of days prior. And now he's completely pain-free healed. Oh, thank you. And so we, 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 we did the only thing we knew how to do. We just dragged him to the front. You're going to testify.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's like, <"I>, I'm healed. <laughs> you know, like I had a back surgery, but I'm healed. We took his walker. He's walking around everywhere. He's got no pain. And the altar is flooded with people. And we're just seeing healing after healing after healing. Why? Because the people of God got together and just began to believe God. Where there is unity, it commands the blessing of God. Where there's unity, it commands. Where there's perseverance. It's not enough to, to incorporate 10 days in your life as part of what you already do for God. This is sacrificial in nature that I'm turning over my entire day to God. And then not one day, but two days and three days and four days. And whatever I can sacrifice how much you want, God. 10 days is like marital counseling. What you put into it is what you'll get out of it. That's right. I was, I was driving last night, my kids home, and my wife home, and I was turning the corner, and I was just thinking about 10 days in general. And I said to myself, 10 days is like, and no sooner did I get those words out of my mouth, the Holy Spirit just shouted at me, Beauty school!
1: I'm like, oh Beauty
0: school? What are you talking about? <laughs> that is the most silliest thing you have. That's just ridiculous. He said, No, it's like beauty school. <laughs> like Esther, chapter 2, where she said, I only want what He God said because He God knows the heart of the king. He got was the, the 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 head chamberlain of all the king's women basically, and he knew what everything the king loved. And Esther said, "Only give me what He got wants." And He got is a picture off there of the Holy Spirit where He searches the heart and the mind of God, and He knows what Abba likes. He knows what Abba wants. And 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 ten days of like, the beauty school for the bride of Christ, where He's taking off the competition, He's taking off the blemishes and the wrinkles of our hearts. And he's like, what does Abba want? And it's just like you pour out. I'm like, Lord, beauty school. He's like, yeah, Louis, don't you get it? You prepare the bride. And I'm sitting there like, that's just silly. I can't tell people it's beauty school, God. Cosmetology. He's, he's like, no, 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 you've got to get it, Louis. It's where I beautify my bride. I teach them how to be like a bride. I'm preparing a sermon for my church called Bridezilla when the church acts how to, like a in control. Yeah. <laughs> when the church doesn't really know how to realize that he's in control. We're the bride, but the groom is in control. <laughs>
1: oh,
0: ten days is like you beauty. I'm like, that's ridiculous. I'm beautifying my bride in Bridgewood. I'm beautifying the church. I'm beautifying the work of my hands. I'm beautifying everything. And as we began to move, we just saw God do the most amazing things during that 10 days last year. I mean, just some of the most amazing things. It was the eighth night, and, 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 and there was, it was a Wednesday night, and there was about, I want to say, anywhere from 25 to 30 pastors on the front row. About 15 churches have canceled services to be there. Which if you're from my neck of the woods, that's a really big deal. Because some churches are just so income dependent on, on midweek services. And, 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 but they canceled everything to be there. And the place was packed to the gills. The room only sat 500. Packed to the gills. Overflow outside with a 13 foot screen. We, we were ready. And, and, and the idea of 10 days is repentance and mourning. Like, that was the idea Like, I told the worship team All the worshipers, hundreds of them I said, hey guys, we're not going to play fast music We're not going to be Upbeat, it's not one of those services It's more like, Lord, break us It's more soaking music And and every day, the worship Just grew and grew And John can tell you, he came one night He couldn't even, literally, he took the mic and couldn't even talk Because the presence of God that was there Was so overwhelming Worship throughout the night. Just worship and worship upon worship. And every day got better. Every day the groups got stronger. Every day we took some nights and we took one musician from this church, that church, this church, that church. One singer. It was the whole mishmash band. We didn't let them practice. We just said, get on stage at 7 o'clock. And whatever happens, happens. And the glory of God fell in the room. One night a a glory cloud came in the room. I have a picture of it, no kidding, not haze, just like the glory of God. And I'm used to seeing this stuff happen other places. Now it's happening in Bridgeport, and I'm just like, what well, the God? God? <laughs> so on the eighth night, I was tired. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, God, I'm just tired. I'm laying prostrate in the front, and I have this vision of this massive principality with a big war hammer walking into the parking lot of this building that I'm in. And I'm like, Lewis, this is your problem. This is why God can't talk to you sometimes. You daydream way too much. And I'm sitting there rebuking myself. You're such a dummy. Mm-hmm. I get back up and I'm like, man, I'm trying to pray. And I close my eyes and all I see is this guy. And I'm like, because I have an imagination. Let me tell you something, I can go for days. <laughs> like, one of my gifts on Strength Finders was ideation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just, I'm, a, I'm an idea generator. Yeah. Like, I just, I just dream for days. I spent my life, I don't even know how I got here. Like this morning, I just, I don't even know what exit I took. I was dreaming the whole day here. <laughs> this is what I do. And I'm like, Louis. this is bad timing. And I get back down, I close my eyes, and at this point, he's next to the building. I'm kidding you not. He's next to the building, and he has a big, massive wooden hammer, and he's, he's a giant, looks like it from um, Fantastic Four, the rock God, and, and he, he's made out of dirt, though. And he raises his hammer, and he goes to strike the building. And I'm like, oh, shoot, this is crazy. Again, I'm kidding you not. I'm like, Lewis, you were daydreaming. And I heard the Holy Spirit, he says, Lewis, look, and the little angel, no bigger than me, Comes and he goes and he pulls a sword out and he catches the hammer before it strikes the building. Mm. And I'm like, this is so stupid. And the Lord told me to do the dumbest thing He has ever told me to do. He said, Can you do me a favor? I'm like, What? Can you send some reinforcements to the roof? I'm like, God, it's 8 30 at night in the most violent city in Connecticut and we're in a pretty bad neighborhood. I'm not going to send people on the roof. He said, like, could you send some people to the roof to go pray? I'm like, God, I'm like, That's not, that can't be God. And the next thing he says is, there's a spiritual warfare in the atmosphere. And I need you to send somebody to the roof. So I'm, at this point, I got two choices. Listen to God and be right. Or not listen to God and be really wrong. And so I send four guys up there. All I told them was, the Lord told me there's spiritual warfare. I need you to go up there. To go pray, and these guys, I mean, the worship is so thick in the room. I could have told them to go to Canada. They're, they're going to be on their way.
1: <laughs>
0: they run up to the roof like they're on assignment, and and that's all I told them. That's all I told them. One of them was my associate pastor and his brother. This is all I told them. The spiritual warfare. I need you to go to the roof. Here's the door. Just go. And they go up to the roof. And the sad part is. I forgot that I sent them up there.
1: <laughs>
0: totally forgot that I sent them up there. For is, 10 days? I forgot. So, I, as I'm walking back in the sanctuary, I felt the Lord say to me, Lewis, what I do tonight, what I break tonight breaks forever. Mm-hmm. Oh. Now i got excited, I'm like, this is going to be great. And so I go in the room... And it was like, I, I, I felt like Moses walking down Sinai, finding Israel sitting, because they were playing fast music.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I Lord, what's going on? And we began to, it was like an oil of joy burst forth in the room. And we began to celebrate just the joy of the Lord, the goodness of God. We kind of broke down for a minute, had a moment where we were praying over the, um, over the older pastors, the older pastors praying over the younger pastors, the spiritual father of the city was there that night, he prayed over us, and we were just praying. And, and then, I kid you not, from about 9.30 till about midnight, 400 plus people danced. <laughs> Apostasy. <laughs> they were just dancing in the joy of the Lord not being repented that night they were just dancing and shouting and I'm just sitting like yeah at one point we get up there one of the pastors he says hey every culture has their dance do your dance we <laughs> got some people 2 stepping some people doing you know Spanish dancing over here it was it was insane and we danced on that away and we worshipped and I went home and there were men on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> You left I get back the next day, and my assistant pastor says, I got to talk to you. What happened? He was like, last night on the roof. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I forgot that you were up there. He was like, you wouldn't believe what happened. I had a vision. I'm like, now that's serious. I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, Pastor, I had the, the craziest vision. He says, we went up to the roof, and I told each person, take a corner of the building. He began to pray in tongues, and, and my pastor, my associate pastor, he says to me, I began to pray in tongues, and I began to pray in a new tongue that sounded like legitimate Hebrew to me. The Spirit of God descends on the roof, and he said, I begin to just be taken into an open vision over the city of Bridgeport. He says, from heaven opened a portal, a tunnel of fire, and angels began to descend upon the city by the tens of thousands, if not the millions. He said, these angels were so humongous. He said, his exact words were, it looked like they had been working out for all of eternity for this moment. (laughs) They were huge, they were massive, and the first angel hits the ground, throws his hand into the ground, turns it upside down, and the soil turns for over a mile. And these angels land all over the city, turning over the soil, turning over the soil of the city, and he says, I said to the Spirit of God, what is this? And the Holy Spirit says, what I break tonight, Breaks forever. I'm like, oh my God! He told us the same thing downstairs. Yeah. They can't hear us on the roof. They're up there. <laughs> he says after that we get together in the middle to pray, and the Holy Spirit comes again, and they're slain on the roof in the Spirit for about an hour. All four of them. They couldn't even stand up under the weight of the glory of God.
1: Oh. Oh.
0: The youngest one, he's 15 years old, a young prophetic kid. He said, my whole face is just full of stuff I can't talk about. I'm crying so much, my nose was leaking like a faucet. And he says that in that moment, my associate pastor, and you can do what you want with this next part, I really don't care. My associate pastor says that the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, because you four came up here and you honored my word, what you asked for, I'll give to you. And they he told them that, all four of them. And he says, so the Holy Spirit comes, he descends, we get knocked out in the Spirit. And I I was taken into heaven, I saw my father. Now, my associate pastor, his dad died two years ago. And he died before he saw both of his sons actually in full-time ministry. Mm -hmm. Working the kingdom, doing amazing things in the church. And that was both of those sons, without telling each other, their biggest heartache was that father never seeing them walk in the level of ministry they were walking in being ordained ministers and being pastors in a, in a very influential church in the area. And that was their heartache. And that was the thing they both asked God, does my dad know what I'm doing without telling each other? And he said, I saw my father in the throne room of God in a massive worship service. I saw Jesus take my father to a, a trap door. He opens the door and looks down and sees me and my brother on the roof. And he begins to dance in heaven and say in, the, say in Spanish, my beloved son, my son, look at my little boys doing the work of the kingdom. And the vision ends. He gets up and says to his brother, you would not believe what God just showed me. And the brother goes, wait, you won't believe what God just showed me. He goes, no, who goes first? You go first. You go first. You go first. And they share the same exact vision with each other of what God just showed them about their father seeing them in this ministry. I'm like, man, after that, we shared this vision with all of the pastors. And God just just began to move even more and more and more throughout these 10 days of prayer. We saw more healings, more salvations, more baptism, more people renouncing witchcraft. We had one night where there was three witches who came against us, and they were just in the back, and we knew they were coming because we had a prophetic word that they were coming, and they got prayed out the parking lot. (laughs) God was just doing the most amazing things. On the the last night, we had packed up the pools. We were ready to call it quits, and we decided to end it with the old-fashioned communion dinner. We're going to have 500 of us just eating together then. And and it was about 4 o'clock, services at 7, and I'm laying on the floor. They're they're singing that song, Healer. And I said to myself, Lord, I've been running so ragged doing stuff that I don't feel like I've gotten filled with anything. I'm like, don't leave me like this. And I look over and there was this guy who kept on coming into the 10 days and his arm was, was it, it was just like completely dead. If you shook his hand, it was just like a dead fish. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to do a heat check. Anybody know what a heat check is? If you play basketball and you're on fire, you're hitting shot after shot, and then you haven't, you know, you haven't shot in about two, you know, two possessions, you go down and you shoot the Do I still got it. And I was doing a heat check. So I went to him, I said, hey, what's your name? Hey, he's like, my name is such and such. And I says, what happened to your arm? He's like 55 years old, he says to me, when I was three years old, I fell on the stairs. And my parents didn't know, but I had a blood clot in my brain. They put me to sleep that night, and I lost control of the entire right side of my body. I regained my leg back, but I never got my arm back. And I'm like, great. I figured maybe you had hurt it last week or something, but this is like a lifelong kind of problem. And I'm like, you know what, Lewis? You're telling everybody to pray for the sick? You're going to pray for the sick. I grab his hand, and I just begin to pray. Just strength into his arm. Lord, just do what you can do. Do what Lewis can't do. Show your love. All that good stuff. And the guy begins to weep and cry. Now, his name was Keith. I said, Keith do something you couldn't do before. And he's grabbing my hand and he's holding it really tight. He's like squishing my fingers. I'm like, no, do something you couldn't do before. And and through his tears, I couldn't do this before. He had no grip in his hand before, no strength in his hand. But right then that he was completely healed. I'm like, Keith, don't lie to me. (laughs) Keith, you better not lie you're in a holy place Keith. <laughs> in the past, I promise you I could never do this before in my life I asked his cousin, asked his whole family he was not lying and that night we brought the baptism pools back out because we knew God wasn't done that night alone we baptized 30 plus people Amen. that night alone seven people turned away from witchcraft Praise that God. night alone dozens reported being healed in their body
1: God.
0: this is not a Lewis thing, it's not a it's not a, just a 10 days thing. It's a unity thing. Yeah. Yes. It's a unity thing. Yes. And, and, and as I was driving up here this morning, I want to share one more verse with you. I was driving up here this morning. I, I made a mistake last year. After 10 days, I went to IHOP.
1: <laughs>
0: and I met Adam. And Adam so gracefully just said, yeah, it's so cool, man. 24 hours a day for 10 days prayer. That's cool. I'm like, yeah, it was great. He was like, Yeah, you know the 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 worship part that's hard to do that's great? He said, Have you thought about twenty four ten evangelism? <laughs> I said, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I said that's amazing. Yeah. like Ken in, the, in the toy store. He just gave me a new toy.
1: I'm like,
0: yeah, 24 hours a day evangelism. Why not? Backed up by the worship and backed up by the prayer. What kind of results would we see in the city of Bridgeport if we're out there all odd hours of the night preaching the gospel in the streets? Dozens, if not hundreds of us. What would that look like? Yeah. I'm like, yes. And that's what we're setting out to do this year. 24 hours a day prayer, worship, and evangelism in the streets of Bridgeport. In addition to a 10 days of prayer for children. A curriculum we're building out for our children. What does that look like to have 10 days with our kids? Having their own service, not watered down, but just at their level. What does that look like? Being able to sow into them to be prayer warriors for the next generation. I was driving this morning. Uh, really early I had to leave to get here. And Amos 9.13 came to my heart. The days are coming declares the Lord. When the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman. And the planter by the one treading grapes. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all of the hills. And it's talking about this idea of the... the it's really talking about the when Israel comes back into uh, to be a nation. All the curses are lifted up. But... As a church promise, what it looks like is is what will it look like when the church is seeing so much harvest of souls? What this looks like in, in agriculturally is that the guy who was supposed to finish his job in May is still out there in October and the the, the plowman comes in October and he's like, You're not done yet. Could you imagine what our churches would look like if there were so many souls being saved? That we were running into each other on the streets and we were seeing just an overwhelming abundance of salvations, of, of transformed lives in our churches. And I feel like we're entering this season in the church. I don't feel I know where the plowmen are going to be overtaken by the reapers and vice versa where those sowing seeds... For the next move of God are going to be within the same people who are harvesting because the harvest is plentiful. I believe what God's going to do through 10 days in the region and even throughout the world is so big that the harvest will take longer than just the 10 days. They almost got it. It was like they they're that's that lunch speaking. That's the lunch. That's the lunch. I just feel Jonathan like what God wants what God has raised you up to do. And what God wants to do throughout all of this nation and throughout the people who are participating in wow. ten days, the harvest will be greater than just the ten days. I feel like this is gonna be a reverberation throughout like every person doing it. It's gonna be greater.
1: Yeah.
0: You don't do ten days for yourself. You don't do 10 days to get closer to God You do 10 days To bring unity to the body of Christ To bring John 17 Unity, one to the body of Christ And whatever God does for me And for you in that time Is a benefit, it is a byproduct, it is a plus But I don't do it with the intention of Drawing closer to Him for me But there's something deeper that God wants to do The church has to stop doing stuff That is just to get you closer to God Come on, man. come on. We have to start focusing outwardly at the lost, at those who are outside the churches, those who are even in the church but lost, because there's a lot of them, and understand that ten days is about them, and ten days is not about just a move of God in the church, but a move of God in the world, the billion soul harvest. Like, let's stop talking about it and let's do it. Let's pray for it and then let's go do it. Like, let's not partake of 10 days because it's it's becoming cool, it's becoming the thing to do. But let's do it because our hearts are burning with a desire to see true revival, true awakening, true movement in the body of Christ and in the world. And we want to see ground taken for the kingdom of God. Not that we have 10 days of, of just, oh, we had a great, powerful time. It was so great. We did this. We did that. But that we have lasting fruit. Yes. Yes. Jesus said in John 15, I believe it is, I, I I called you and I called you to bear fruit and fruit that will last. Yes. Not a flash in the pan, yes. but fruit that lasts. Yes. That's the heart's desire of the Lord. That each and every one of us would bear fruit through these movements of, of of 10 days and whatever else that we're a part of and all these different things, but fruit that lasts. Yes. That's God's heart. Yes. For me, 10 days is, is much more than just a moment in a calendar. It's the time of year where the marching orders come for the entire city of Bridgeport. Amen. This past Sunday, we had a Pentecost service that I was too sick to, to, to really participate much of, but... Fred was there. 85 pastors from different churches. Episcopalians, Catholics, Pentecostals, Baptists, Charismatics, Evangelicals, they were all there. They were all there. Just unity happening at every level. Yes. If we would just turn our hearts towards the Lord, His desires. If you want to see the plowmen overtake the reapers... You have to begin to cry out to the Lord in prayer yes. and just seek his heart and, 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 and just find out what he's doing in your area, in your region. For me, it is 10 days. That's the outlet God is using to start something in my life. Amen? Amen. For each and every one of us, it might be different. But what does that look like for you? I'm in a season where God is calling me to bear fruit that lasts. Amen. Come on. Anything else is a waste of my time and a waste of my life energy. I think that 10 days I will do this the day I die. Unless God tells me otherwise because there is such a movement of the Spirit within it. See, so many saved. So many just moved and, and brought closer to God. But this year we're going to see a harvest of souls. Because yes. we're going to invade the streets. Thank you, Adam, for inspiring me to do that. <laughs> Invading the streets with the glory and the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Would you buy your heads? I just want to pray over you real quick because I know we have to move forward. Father, I just ask you right now that every heart that might be tired or winded, that you bring a fresh wind. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue the work that you've started in so many here. But Father God, even those that we represent, I pray that you would move in them. That you would give us wisdom on what to do in our region regarding 10 days. Lord, I pray that you would give wisdom to every person here regarding what their involvement should be in ten days. Lord, I pray that you would give us new vision on what that looks like in our own context. Lord, I pray that you would give us resolve and perseverance. Lord, I pray that you would bring more laborers alongside Jonathan and the 10 Days team. I pray, God, that it would be able to grow strength, Father God, and momentum this year, God. That you would have your way in this year's 10 Day, God. Not just in Bridgeport, but in every location across the globe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.